The Best at Work podcast is brought to you by Best Companies Group, an expert in employee engagement and workplace culture for growing businesses. With nearly 20 years of experience working with thousands of companies, Best Companies Group is all about helping you be the best at work, whether as an employee, a leader, or as an HR professional. All right, everybody, welcome to the Best at Work podcast. My name is Jaime Raul Cepeda. I lead Best Companies Group. And today I'm excited to have a conversation with some of the best minds in HR. At the Best at Work podcast, we always try to answer one simple but very big question, which is how can we be the best at work as an employee, as a leader, and as someone who is trying to build a best place to work for everyone? Before we dive into the media conversation here, I want to remind you all that we have a, our Best Companies Group HR Leadership Conference coming up in May. Best Companies Group will be bringing its nearly 20 years of experience and data from millions of employees across thousands of companies to help everyone become a best place to work. We'll also have amazing speakers like some of the ones that I'll be introducing to you in a second that will help us figure out how do we do all that. We'll have a great community dedicated to helping HR leaders succeed. And we're overall just gonna have a great time. It's gonna be on May 22nd through the 24th in Minneapolis. You can go to bestcompaniesgroup.com forward slash conference to learn more and get your tickets right now when we still have early birds discounts. And if you are an HR professional, you get an additional discount to attend. All right. So um, I want to open up here to have a, a good conversation that, uh, that we have some amazing folks here. And let's start it out with the job interview question. We all love to hate and hate to love, which is tell me about yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, tell us whatever you'd like to tell us about, um, you know, your career and, and uh, what you do and the company you're at. So Mary, let's start off with you. You can tell awesome. us about yourself. Yeah. Thank you. So um, as stated, my name is Mary LaFontaine and I'm the Director of Employee Development and Engagement at Sebago Technics. We are located in South Portland, Maine. Um, and we have about 106 employees, but growing beyond that in short order. Um, and we're a civil engineering firm. So we, and we're full service, everything from surveying all the way through landscape architecture and everything in between. Um, so the tell me about yourself question. So I know what we should not say. <laughs> um, and, you know, everyone can get a complete glance of my career history and work and where I've been on LinkedIn. So I'm going to go just a little bit deeper than that. Um, so I, I always say that I'm not defined by my job title, right? Because sometimes job titles are right, wrong, or indifferent. And um, I really think more about the work underneath it and my passion areas and what I love to do. So throughout my career, my passion areas have just consistently been uh, people, recruitment, retention, training, staff development, coaching, and mentoring. Um, And in all those positions that I've had, I have valued most the ones where I can help build a healthy and strong relationship, um, relationships in the company and connections, trust and authenticity are really important to me as well. Um, And as I think about the organizations at which I've worked, Uh, The ones that I value most are those that celebrate learning, 
and problem solving in a way that um, is fed through curiosity, discovery, and, and creativity so that we can really work together to find the best result. So that's been my career path. Um, and it's been enveloped in all of those themes. Love it. Thank you so much, Mary. Welcome. Ashley, over to you. That's a tough act to follow and just see about me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, my name is Ashley Fillinger. I am the director of, our, um, of human capital and culture here at Bedgear. We are a performance betting organization um, and uh, specialize in everything from adjustable bases, mattresses, um, pillows, protector sheets, um, everything around enhancing your airflow and having a personalized fit to make sure you get the best recovery while you're sleeping because it's such an important life essential and I think speaks to who we are as performers in everyday life. Um, and it's been an exciting journey being here. I, I started the uh, with the company when it was a year old and have been here almost nine years. Um, prior to this, I had worked in aviation security. That was my first introduction into what human uh, resources really was. Um, it was a lot more administrative in nature simply because of the security aspect and um, needing to, uh, you know, make sure everybody had security clearances and things like that. But I quickly realized that the operational part of HR really wasn't what I was passionate about, um, but that the people um, piece of it uh, has been and um, getting to learn. And, you know, I'm still in my learning journey as a professional here, too. And, you know, getting to be and participate in events like this and expose myself with other um, professionals who have had, you know, way more life experience and way more um, work experience than me has been, I think, the best thing that this company has allowed me to do. Um, you know, hiring me and telling me that I can kind of fake it till I make it. I got to do enough of the regulatory stuff to keep us in business and not not uh let too many things go down the, the drains but um you know really getting to learn and see what it means to build and define and coach a culture and having people you know come and say that the greatest part about you know bed gear is the people and um having that also reflect in the results of the business, having grown double digits for the last several years that I've been here has been really rewarding. And I think I've gotten, you know, a crash course in, in HR and, and culture development, being in a place like this and uh, extremely grateful and excited to see where the journey continues to take me. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. I mean, one of the reasons that, that I'm really excited to have you both at the, um, Best Companies Group HR Leadership Conference is because you are doing the work day in, day out that we're talking about here, right? The work that it takes to build a uh, best place to work, you know, and so it's it's going to be real talk from you to everybody else who's going to be nodding along and saying that <laughs> we're, de we're dealing with that too. And that's where a lot of great conversation can come from, right? Because we're talking in the same wavelength. So I'm excited to see you both in Minneapolis. Um, so my first question, uh, to, to both of you is, you know, based on what we at the best of work podcast want to do, which is we're a people first podcast, which means that we first focus on the person. And then second, we focus on the professional right behind the person. So with that is, can each of you share with me and with all of us, you know, the audience that we have, 
something that is not on your LinkedIn profile or resume that you want to share. And you can share as much or as little as you want, <laughs> whatever you want to share, but something that would not, people would not know that about you by taking a glance at your resume or LinkedIn, but it's something that's very important to you. And then Ashley, let's start with you. Sure. Um, so something people might not know, although maybe my LinkedIn profile picture might give a hint, is that I'm an avid traveler. I love to travel. It's something I'm extremely passionate about in terms of going to see new places, experience different cultures, and just connect with um, people all over. Um, you know, in my explorations, getting to learn how to scuba dive and become a certified scuba diver. Um you know, it's all been exciting. And, you know, I think part of that person first, right, that has kind of led and helped out in my career, as well as being a bartender. I bartended for several years. All <laughs> so right. I can also make a good cocktail, too, which maybe some of these people on this uh, uh, at this conference will appreciate afterwards, because I don't know anybody that doesn't like a good drink after work. Sign <laughs> uh, me up. <laughs> yeah, right. Mary, Mary and I are, are just let us know where we can pick up the ticket. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll line up uh quick question for the for the former bartender um <laughs> uh hardest drink to make like what's Ooh. something that 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 when uh that we should avoid if we don't want to put too much work on our bartender friends anything that you really have to muddle and stir and shake really well so you know to get a really good mojito, I think it's it's a good craft and it's really nice. It just takes a lot of time and effort. So if you're in a place that, you know, is kind of speedy and, you know, yes. looking like it's kind of packed, you might lose out on quality by ordering something like that. <laughs> <laughs> So you're telling me it's not going to be from scratch then, the mojito. Yeah, you might get a little bit of that <laughs> pre-made sour mix yeah, exactly. in there. <laughs> the pre-mix. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, Mary, what about you? Yeah, so I was thinking about two things. Um, one was a more professional answer and one's more personal. So I, I'm going to go with the personal um, because Ashley um, led that path. So um, I, I, I don't believe much of my LinkedIn profile talks about my creative and artistic endeavors. Uh, my undergraduate degree is in studio arts. So it's a fine arts degree. And um, I have been... You know, it has just incorporated much of my life. It's in my home and my activities and what I like to do in my spare time. It plays out in so many ways. I've never learned, I've never earned a living um, as an artist, uh, but that's okay because I'm fueling my passion um, through it in other ways. Uh, currently, I'm developing my photography skills. Um, I've sold several, if not many, photos already. So I'm really proud of that. Um, and when I sell a photo or even just share it um, online or with family and friends, um, I'm just thrilled to be able to share my my world and my worldview um, through my photos. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons I love that that question is because it ends up, you know, creating a much fuller picture of the person you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Right. We often, especially like at work. Uh, we just go into, well, what do you do? And what's your title? What's your role? And, you know, what are you know, what do you work on every day? But, you know, we're not at work all the time. And even when we're at work, we're thinking about other things, you know, like our hobbies, our, our passions, um, our families, right? So 
thank you for sharing that because I think it, it gives us all a better perspective of who you are as a person. And then we'll obviously dive into more of the professional next. Uh, but thanks for sharing. Um, all right. So, you know, it's, we're on a, we're on a podcast that's called, uh, the best at work. So let's talk about work. And can you tell me wherever you want to take this, what do you love about your work? Like, what are some things that either you do at work or the people you work with, or maybe the things that enables you to do that makes you really motivated to go into work every day? And then Mary, let's start with you. Sure. So um, as Ashley started earlier too, that it's, uh, for me, it's all about people. Um, I, I cannot do an HR position that is operations-based and please don't ever ask me to do payroll and benefits because you will not get paid and you won't have health insurance. Just saying. Nobody so. will have fun. Nobody <laughs> will have fun. So, so you're best off to keep me on the human side. And so really it is all about people. And, and it's been, as I mentioned earlier, through my entire career path. Um, and within that, I really enjoy creating opportunities for people and problem solving, building connections, uh, helping build spaces for learning and celebrations. Um, I really like the opportunity to help influence. Um, so whatever that might be through policy or culture or engagement or whatever, again, whatever that means, but that ability to influence is really important to me. Um, and helping move people to the next step in their career or their life um, for whatever that means for them. I, um, I, I teach at the university and the class that I teach is a career development class. So to do career counseling um, is really just a thrill for me. And um, I've done the same at most of my workplaces, you know, so most people think about HR as someone who helps keep people there. Um, but sometimes people shouldn't stay, right? And so mm -hmm. helping people create a path in a really safe uh, environment that works for them and for us is um, really rewarding. We want people to be help, um, happy and really enjoy their work. So if I can get people there, that's that's my goal. That's great. That's great. Thanks for sharing, Mary. Yeah, so for me, um, what I really love is that every day is extremely challenging. Um, I think it's why I left my former former role at my last company and came to someplace like Bedgear because, you know, it was shared that, you know, every day would be something different and new and right. People are your biggest variable. So that couldn't be more true. Um, even though some of your functions might be standardized every situation, there's a different flavor of it every single day. And um, I'm an extremely competitive person by nature growing up professionally. I mean, personally, I had, you know, played a lot of sports and I feel like as I got older, you know, worrying about not breaking as many bones and, you know, potentially getting injuries as I got older and probably wasn't healing. I needed something that was going to challenge me, I think, in the same type of way. And I've been able to find an environment here um, that has really aggressive growth goals, you know, this real desire to win and perform and um, being able to help kind of lead and influence, as Mary mentioned. I mean, that's one of my biggest, you know, um, personal needs in a professional career is to have that ability to influence. And so being able to, you know, relay that into the work environment is extremely important to me. And so, you know, the coaching piece of things, the, um, 
you know, bridging kind of communication gaps and, you know, kind of just getting to step on the side and sometimes even almost play like, you know, the coach where you can see the field and you see what's happening around you and being able to connect those dots and, um, you know, bring people together for good and to, to win, I think is what I love most about work. That's great. That's great. Thank you for sharing. Um, and you know, at work or whenever you go to conferences or events, like what are some of the conversations or topics, some of the issues that you just gravitate towards? Like what are the conversations that you just kind of happen to eavesdrop on and love to be a part of, or that people go to you, you know, to get your, get your thoughts on things. What are some of those, you know, hot topics for you? And Mary, we can start again with you. Sure. Um, so I have been truly blessed throughout my career to work for businesses and organizations that believe in conferences and learning and you know, being away from the office. So I've attended a lot of conferences in my career path. And they give us the ability to step away from the office, literally. Um, so we have room to think and grow without the interruptions of the daily challenges yeah. that are in. So sometimes we have sneak away to take care of work, but as a whole, we have the ability to really have that space to explore um, in a bigger way. And so what I really love to talk about when I attend conferences are the best practices um, to learn and share that way, to brainstorm, to seek new solutions um, that we may not have thought about before. I love taking those new ideas and really reaching for the sky um, and to think big about what I take home with me and how I can take what I've learned um, to my business. Um, you know, the really big picture stuff. And um, while I, that drives me and that's the energy that I focus on at conferences, I still love those really tactical kinds of guides, you know, that help us just step-by-step step how we figure out, I don't know, how do paperwork for, um, uh, uh, new hires in a way that I didn't know about or whatever that might be. Right. So I, that tactical stuff is always important and I do learn from it, but the, the big picture stuff, the really yeah. big thinking is what drives me and um, really where I focus my energy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm all about the big picture stuff. And um, yeah, there's something about just like physically being in a different place that just, I mean, obviously we're all, have this right with us and there's no escaping, you know, the, the demands of the office, but something about just like physically being somewhere else and having an opportunity to just kind of sit with it. Right. Uh, somehow it helps things connect, right. It helps like the different challenges that we're facing, the different things that we're hearing be like, Oh, wait a minute. That's, that gives me an idea that I can use next week. Right. By physically being away from what we are day to day. I, I totally hear you. Tell here, Mary. Um, Ashley, what what about you? What are your thoughts? So my first um, my first Sherm conference that I had gone to maybe eight or nine years ago, there was a gentleman there giving a topic, a speech on a topic, and it was about generational differences. And it was literally right as we were starting to see how much of an impact this was going to play. Mm. And I think for me particularly because of my age group and where I am like in the middle, 
um, being, you know, the generation that grew up without a cell phone and without a computer in my home during the earlier part of my growing up years to being in the middle and then having to, um, you know, being, you know, having an aptitude for it because I did grow up with it, you know, from my middle school ages onwards. To me, that is just such a topic of interest that I am sucked into in so many different ways because it is so true that there's such disparity and, you know, there's so many different things to unpack there as to mm. why, as to how to relate, as to understanding the needs and, you know, with the um, upcoming workforce, you know, and the changes and, you know, the boomers fading out and or staying a little bit longer and or, you know, these Gen, Gen Z's and Gen Alpha is coming up now. Um, I'm just super drawn to that particularly and even, you know, trying to be highly involved in some of the local schools to have some impact in, um, you know, some of their speaking engagements that they do there. Um, I love to talk about kind of just getting back to, you know, human connections and how important it is to be present and to be comfortable having conversations in person um, and not, you know, doing all your work behind a screen and trying to kind of reset what I think is, is going to be a big challenge for us. So, um, you know, that's just my personal thing. I don't know if it's because of, you know, like I said, I might be unique because of where I just happen to be um, within the weird age range that's out there in the, in the workforce right now. But um, yeah. And just living it and seeing it every single day. Right. They say there's, you're either old or you're young. That, that's really it. <laughs> there's there's really no in between right now. Let, let us not forget that, what was it, about 10, 15 years ago, there was that old, the rave was all about how millennials are just always talking about avocado toast. <laughs> and, remember that? <laughs> and there are these weird creatures that nobody understands. And now Gen Z, that's like even weirder and like, I mean, this generational difference, right, is is real, and it's and it's coming up a lot. And uh, they see work, we see work differently than mm-hmm. a baby boomer, than a Gen X, or anything like that. I was like, so I'm curious, like now that you you, you jumped on that, Ashley, like what Mary and Ashley, how have you seen this show up in your organization? You know, the the way different generations approach work and expect, you know, different things from their employer. <laughs> I giggle a little bit because the expectation piece is is definitely quite different (laughs) all around from, you know, what is expected of me as um, an HR professional in the workplace. There's an idea of what is expected as, you know, a new person in one of those early younger generations stepping into the workforce. You know, what do they think they're going to get on their first day? What is their first you know, 30 days look like. And, you know, after they work really hard for 60 days, are they going to get a promotion and, you know, a raise? And, <laughs> you know, I say this in jest, but I'm, you yeah, know, we're really coming across it. Totally. Um, and so, you know, how you change up some of those, you know, plans to, to compat or reset or um, to work with that and understand what those expectations are. Um, yeah. I think that there's, there's so many different level setting opportunities that we have um 
to create. Uh, and then even, uh, you know, for people that are, you know, working with for the first time, people in these generations, you know, what their management expectations are, you know, how many more touch points they need to have, what feedback needs to look like and how much more regularly it needs to have, how more clearly they need to spell it out and how much ownership they need to have to take in making sure that somebody actually truly understands. And it's not, a, you know, they think they said it once and, you know, somebody picks it up. It, it, it's just not like that anymore. Okay. So all around, there's a, a lot of work to be done, I think, in, in helping this kind of get some alignment so that people can work, um, you know, feeling good all around. Yeah. So ironically, um, I um, facilitate and train um, workshops on the generations in the workplace. So um, I have one coming up in just a couple of weeks and um, I've transitioned my philosophy in how I present the workshop from a, all just what the differences are and, you know, and highlighting those. And so while we have to recognize the differences and what people expect and how we manage and work together, um, most often if we seek to understand, there's probably more similarities than there are differences. And so my philosophy when I um, facilitate that workshop is really to, to talk about the stereotypes and the things that we have seen in each generation, because they are real, right? They're very real things and the things that influence each generation. Um, but, um, you know, like I said, my focus really is about how do we, just how do we make it work, right? How do we seek to understand and make it work and to not always be thinking of um, on, through our own lens? Yeah. What are yeah. some of the, you know, with, without, you know, uh, uh, taking away someone actually getting the most out of attending your workshop, Mary, but like, what are some of the tips or, you know, practices that you, that you share when you do that to create that understanding across generations? Yeah. So it's much um, like my onboarding process. Um, the touch points are really important. And I have found that regardless of age or generation, almost everyone likes to be connected with. And to, if I'm new, even as a 60-year-old person, um, which now you know how old I am. But <laughs> so if I am new, even as a late, or as a boomer who is about to exit the workplace, I still want those touch points, right? right. I still want to know what's expected of me. I still want to know if I'm doing well or not. And I want that feedback. And we may play that out in different ways. So I, you know, I really, I think it's that whole seek to understand, assume there's more similarities than differences. And, um, you know, it really, it's training. I, I think most often the people who have to train the most are really still the oldest of the generations in the workplace. Um, Cause if I hear one more time, well, why can't they just get it? You know, I didn't have to be taught how to do that. And I'm like, well, I bet you, you did, but that was 40 years ago and you just don't remember. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, so it's just, it, it's that process of seeking to understand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like uh, you know it's 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 funny. Like you know, there's a I remember reading something about how Aristotle back in the day he was complaining about the young kids in the exact same way that we do now. <laughs> like, oh, they're you know they're so like uh, they don't commit to things and they just go from one thing to another and they vacillate with their opinions and 
like, wow, that just sounds like something I would have read recently on CNBC about millennials and Gen Z. <laughs> it's like these weird things, but it's, that's just sort of the course of how one goes in their career. Right. And, and like the more that we're able to do what you're saying, Mary, you're just, okay, let me try to understand things from your point of view, either from young to old or old to young, you realize, oh, we actually want the same things, but we might want them slightly different package differently. But I want connection. I want clarity. I want community. I want, you know, opportunity to succeed and to grow. Raise your hand. Who doesn't want that? Nobody's going <laughs> to raise their hands. It's like, oh, yeah, I kind of want that too. Maybe just the way that it happens, but, but I still want it, right? Yeah. I think, Mary, you bring up a great point, and I, I love that approach, and I'd be – um, super interested to like, you know, connect with you even to, to understand more about your workshop because it's, it's so true. I think that, you know, some of the expectations that I joke about, uh, that people have people maybe that are older in the workforce that have just been around are like, man, all you have to do is ask and you can actually get these things sometimes. So like there's even an enlightening moment where it's like, Oh my goodness. Well, I've always thought that I've just never said it because I've been trained or coached or, you know, it's never been so, you know, people have never been so open and bold to just kind of call out what they want. And I think that there is a unique piece to that in terms of it being, you know, Hey, actually people do want really more of the same things and not, it's just approaches and, you know, being bold enough to, uh, you know, kind of not know better to not ask for anything and everything that you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. That's great. Um, and then just, uh, one last thing on this before we go on, uh, to other, other topics, but I think if, we really think about it, Gen Z and millennials and Gen Alpha, which I didn't know, know that was a term until now, Ashley. So thank you for telling me about Gen Alpha because you're right there, the next one up. Um, whenever they raise something as something they expect or they're concerned about, it's hardly ever something that's unreasonable, right? It's more something that just everybody's learned to live with. And they're like, well, I know it doesn't, nobody likes it, but that's how it is, right? But whenever they raise something, it's more often than not, they're like, yeah, you're right. That doesn't make sense. And we should look into that. It's hardly ever anything that's really unreasonable, right? It's just a matter of we all got used to it. And so we just stopped talking about it. And, you know, it's like we, we talked about this early on, right, with culture. That's the same thing with culture. People realize this is how it is. And the new people come in and they ask questions like, why do we do it this way? Because we have always done it that way. Like, but that doesn't make sense. You know, it's the dynamic of change and how do you manage all that, right? It's all things that we see in our companies and also in society. Uh, so, you know, we have the conference coming up in, uh, in just a, a few weeks. Uh, can, you know, either of you uh, give us a sneak peek into what you're excited to share with all of our audience, things that you want to talk about or you know, anything that, that, uh, any takeaways that you think that they're going to be really, uh, really helpful for our audience when, when you're up on stage, maybe we can, we can start with you, Ashley, any, any sneak peek that you can give us about <laughs> the stuff that you're, that you're planning to share with us? Um, you know, 
Um, I really do like speaking about the core values of my company here. Um, I think we've really packaged our core values up as, you know, the different personality and behavioral traits that we've found to be successful that lead to success within our organization. And it's funny too, because we also do have this, like, you know, it's an entrepreneurial environment. So it definitely has this idea of ownership around it. And I would say that we're definitely a much, you know, stronger leadership um, type of environment than we are even management, to be honest. And that's somewhere where the scalability pieces are coming into play for us now. But, um, you know, I definitely think that I will be kind of excited to share some of those um, kind of tying into your last comment there um, about, you know, having the ability to ask these questions and then realize as an organization that you're, um, you know, what people are asking for is not wild. I think ties really nicely into our uh, two of our six core values, which are humility and you know, curiosity. Um, and, you know, I think they play nicely with each other because, you know, you do want to inspire everybody to go and ask questions and be resourceful and finding out the answers to things and to understanding or challenging what's the norm is at in your workplace. And then, you know, as an organization to have the humility to, you know, really listen and understand why somebody is asking this and to be open to seeing and recognizing that maybe what has always been done is not the case anymore. Um, or as a person being, you know, having the vulnerability and humility to, um, you know, even recognize that if you were the one that set something up that, uh, you know, maybe it's time to look at it and, and it's good to have a fresh set of eyes to mm -hmm. challenge you in that way. So, um, you know, speaking about the core values and, you know, even to really actually making sure that people understand what their real core values are and, you know, do people and, you know, these leaders in their HR organizations, have they really taken the time to really vet their core values out against what they're observing every single day with the people? Because you can inspire a culture of leadership and ownership if that's something that maybe isn't really part of truly your organization. So you really got to start with understanding, do we really want this? Is this valuable to us? Um, mm -hmm. It might not be part of our business model or setup or our original intentions. So let's just check back and really make sure that we know what we're after and trying to build and guide a culture um, towards one direction. We got to make sure that we're really aligned as a whole. <laughs> Absolutely. you, Mary. Yeah, so um, I will be uh, going through the frameworks of attracting um, and retaining top talent um, by creating an ownership culture. So um, I was thrilled to hear, Ashley, your talk of ownership. So Sebago Technics is 100% employee-owned. So the moment someone signs that first piece of paper and becomes an employee, they are an employee owner. And it did not take me long um, um, when I first started working here to see the difference in culture and how people work together. Um, it was something I had never seen before, but I also started to look and that really there was no magic in that sauce, right? If anyone can create that ownership culture, if you want to, and there are some steps that we can take to do that. But I think um, when we create that ownership culture, um, as Ashley has um, said that when people own something, um, there's typically a greater sense of commitment mm -hmm. um, and belonging. And uh, people are, I think, more dedicated to their work and to the business if they have that ownership kind of feeling. And that impacts recruitment and retention efforts. 
So I'll be talking about that. Um, and of course, looking for best practices from everyone because I'll never pretend that I'm the expert, right? So that we um, are able to share with each other. Um, I'm also gonna talk about an onboarding model that I created um, about a year and a half ago. And it's pretty unique in many ways. And it truly has um, um, impacted, we've always had great retention. Um, our retention rates are really great. Um, but it helps build on that retention effort through this onboarding model. And it really captures the human side of our business. So um, really easy model to replicate. Um, it's not, um, you know, we haven't copyrighted it. So I'll be sharing as much as I can. And, um, you know, so that'll be the conversation. Recruitment retention through an ownership model and talking about how we um, capture the human side of um, our onboarding process. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, both of those sound really exciting. I'm really excited to see both of you in Minneapolis. Um, we're about to close out here our conversation. Is there anything that you'd like to share with everybody out there listening before we close out and, uh, you know, see you again in Minneapolis? You know, I would just say I'm excited. I'm excited to be there and I'm really looking forward to sharing what I have and to learn from so many others. Actually, I hope that your workshop is different than mine so I can attend yours. <laughs> it sounds awesome. And um, I would say, let's, you know, we're going to have fun and we're going to learn and we're going to think really big. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Ashley, what about you? Yeah, same thing. Um, I'm always uh, as excited um, to learn as I am to share. I mean, call it selfish, but I guess it's some of that ownership mentality that if I'm not, um, you know, getting to learn uh, new things from people, then how can I be valuable to myself and to my organization? So I'm really, really excited about learning from the other professionals there um, and just different perspectives. I love, I love to be challenged on what I, what I think I know or what I, you know, um, different perspectives and, and positions I might have on certain things. So I think it's a great opportunity to get a bunch of different minds in a room and kind of just chat things out and, and see where we come out on the other side of it. So I'm really excited to to meet you in person too, Mary. And, uh, you know, like, like you said, I hope I get to attend your workshop. <laughs> we'll find a way of making it work. We'll all be there together. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for both for your time. I uh, really, really appreciate it. I know that there's a lot of things going on and nobody's busier in a company than someone in HR. So <laughs> I appreciate you uh, making some time to talk to us again to everybody out there. Remember that the conference is on May 22nd, 23rd and 24th. You can go to bestcompaniesgroup.com forward slash conference. You'll see at least these two uh, amazing uh, HR leaders there. And you'll jump into an amazing community that's all focused on helping everybody create a best place to work. Um, thank you again, Mary. Thank you again, Ashley, for your time. And we look forward to seeing you in Minneapolis. Thank you thank for you. inviting me. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you.